Yay. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome back to Dyslexia Coffee Talk. And I'm so excited that I have my friend Tiffany James of Nessie joining us today. Welcome, Tiffany. Hi, so nice to see you and thank you for having me. Of course. Um, I'm so excited that you wanted to come on because I really wanted to have the chance to talk about Nessie and all of the really important work that you and Mike are doing for all of our dys all of our dyslexic children and the benefit to literacy across the board. But um, tell us tell us about the Nessie platform. I mean, what um, we'll we'll get to the film, but so I don't want to say what was the mm -hmm. impetus for Nessie, but yeah, but what is what is Nessie's service to the community? How how does Nessie help our community? Well, Nessie is, uh, it is assistive technology really for teachers. It's, it's because it enables a teacher who may or may not have been trained to teach a child with um, the science of reading method, methodology, may, not, may or may not have that knowledge to get that kind of instruction to two kids, directly to kids. It's individualized. It uh, automatically adjusts to the student's uh, needs and um, we'll, we'll keep working with them until they master specific skills because um, as, as we, we both know, it, it, you know, there, there is a, a, a really, there's really good evidence that we know how to teach children to read and it really has to be systematic and it has to be explicit and it has to be tailored to each child. And so this presents a real problem for teachers in classrooms that may have 20 or 30 kids with all different needs. Uh, and um, this gets them exactly exactly what they need individualized. Oh, wow. And the platform is your animation work is so fun. I've always wondered, like, how many animators do you even employ? You probably have thousands of animators pulling off. We do have thousands. And so years ago, Mike used to do a lot of the artwork, but now we have a, a team and a creative director. And uh, it's a small team. I think they maybe have, um, I don't know, maybe eight of them or something. But they're a really talented team. And uh, working together with, um, especially with Mike, Mike and I, or, or with uh, Mike and Chris Wooden and, and, and the animators, they come up with, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful ways to teach kids in a funny way that keeps them engaged. Um, I mean, you, that's what we want to do. You want to, you want to use the right kind of systematic, uh, explicit structured literacy teaching, but you don't want it to be boring. I mean, you want it to keep them and keep them engaged, want, keeping them wanting to come back and learn more and more. Definitely. And like, what are the, what are the various, um, like I've had a subscription to the typing service specifically, but you you have so many aspects too within Nessie and we'll get to Chris, but <laughs> yeah. what, uh, what are the different pieces? Well, we have our, our, our flagship program is, is really uh, the, it's the cement that holds everything together. I mean, if, if, if a family is going to have one subscription, that's really the one um, that we definitely recommend that they have, it, it, unless they um, have already mastered kind of those, those skills and they're already reading very well. It's a, a thousand, it's a thousands of worksheets that are printable, but hundreds of lessons that are digital, and it, addre it uh, addresses the, the kids' needs from um, the earliest kind of uh, structure synthetic phonics to really uh, multi-syllabic, uh, complicated. Um, spelling patterns, morphology, vocabulary. I mean, it gets really, it does get really tough at the end. And it, a child that sticks with it will, will get from the beginning to the end and really have a good knowledge of, of the English language. Wow. And then Chris, because you brought him up first. Woody, <laughs> some people like, uh, he likes to have some people call him. Um, yeah. And I know that this was something that you were working, all of you were working passionately on prior to COVID. And then of course, you know, COVID, yeah. um, but it's, it's coming, it's pending. It's almost here. So let's talk it's, about that. It's almost here. So, so for years we've had the Nessie reading and spelling program, which I've just described. And, um, and then after that, we, we added the Harry reading program, which is for younger, younger students 
that are in pre-K or kindergarten, and it kind of brings them up to the messy reading and spelling. So, but now we're adding a math component. And um, Chris Wooden, who is fantastic, uh, brilliant, passionate educator, hilariously funny, just so good with children, has um, is putting his life work into making a Nessie program for it, mathematics. So it's called Nessie Number Sense, and um, it's 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 absolutely brilliant. It's 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 going to be, um, I think, a game changer for lots and lots of people. But it is it is Chris. You know, we a few years ago we approached him. Um, I think it was maybe in Dallas. It was it was and it was quite a while ago now. Maybe five years ago we approached him and started talking to him about it. And then, like you said. Uh, it's something we began working on before COVID, and then COVID slowed us down. But we are um, we are we are kind of at the end of it now, where the uh, the teaching games are are uh, we're testing them, and they're ready to go, and the videos are ready to go, and uh, we're filming Chris because I don't I, I know that you know Chris, and you've interviewed him before. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to actually see him working with kids, but he is not absolutely I'm hilarious and brilliant. I'm going to meet him in person this summer when I take my son to Landmark for their high school summer program. Um, but I know that he's not going to be actively teaching, but I'm hoping he might show me his yeah. pulling system. <laughs> yes, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he will. He is, but we've been there to visit him at Landmark as well. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm glad you're going to get the opportunity to do that because seeing him in this kind of his home um, environment is, is another whole element. Yeah. But yeah, he's a brilliant guy. And I can't wait. Um, I'm trying to remember if it was February, March of 2019 or 2020. I want to say it was 2019 um, when he was in Houston giving a presentation at the local Houston branch of the International Dyslexia Association. And he he started talking about Nessie. And I think he had some like very early sketches of just a couple of things that he yeah. was able to share. And um, so, yeah, it's been a it's been a while coming, but I'm sure a ton of work goes into that. And of course, the world shutting down for a while de definitely didn't help. Yeah. It does. And, and we're, you know, we're still a family company. We're still, a, a, um, we have a smaller team because we're still family owned and operated company. So um, we're not one of those, one of the big publishing companies that has just tons and tons of um, resources available to us. So like I said, we have a small team of animators and um and educators and uh, and just office staff and that kind of thing. So it, it does take take a while to get these kind of things things done and get them done quickly. But I think it's I think it's worked better for us because it's um it's enabled kind of Chris and Mike to tease out kind of the best parts of of Chris's uh, method method of teaching and and then really necessify it to get it um, to get it to this wonderful point. So it's it's, it's it's really a great program. I personally really cannot wait to see it. <laughs> I'm going to get a so subscription. It's going to be so I just to that part, just so I can like go in and play around and with it myself. Play with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you let's talk about that because you said it's it's a family owned company, and I know that there's there's a wonderful story behind Nessie, and that came out in the film Michael. Um, so let's, let's, let's talk about Michael. And so what, let's talk about the birth of Nessie through Mike and his very passionate and amazing mom. Um, how, so if you don't mind sharing with us that story and how that kind of came about. Yes. And like you said, it is in the, the film, Michael, it's, um, my, Michael is a story of, of really a mother's love. It, it is the story of a passionate advocate mother who didn't know what to do, but she was determined to figure it out and make it happen. I mean, by hook or by crook, she was going to do it. She knew her child was not stupid. Um, she knew that he was really struggling because he was really struggling. And the, the school system, uh, just in, in the, the, um, the professionals around her, didn't really have any answers for her. They didn't know how to help her. And, um, and she is just that kind of woman, as are you. And a lot of the um, really kind of passionate 
uh, fiery advocate moms that we know around the world. There's, you know, there, there are a handful of women out there that are mothers out there that are just, um, they're, they're just not going to take no for an answer and they are going to figure it out no matter what, you know, it may be something we don't understand. We don't exactly know how we're going to do it, but by golly, we're going to make this thing happen. And that is Pat. I mean, she is, um, someone who I look up to so much. I mean, she is quite a generation before us, isn't she? But she, she really did this back in the 70s when there was less information and fewer resources. So Mike was struggling terribly, terribly struggling. And he, he left, I think, four schools. He was asked to leave four schools. He was uh, refusing to go to school, school refusal, which we hear about a lot, you know, t- um, tantrums and you know, terrible things. He just couldn't read. He couldn't read. Uh, and of course, they were trying to teach him with whole language, and he just couldn't couldn't do it. It just was, he, he just couldn't do it. But she knew he was smart. And so she took him to a psychologist who tested his IQ, and it was 147. So that, that's really, really bright. I mean, that's up in like the uh, 99.6 percentile or something. So he was really smart, but the child still couldn't spell his own name. He couldn't, he was fighting at school. He was um, just just terrible, you know, mental health issues and, and behavioral problems were happening because of this. And again, this is a story that we hear and we, we still hear today about this happening to kids. I mean, it's still happening. So she, she went to the library and she took out every book that they had on dyslexia. She started there, um, came over, she got some, some training in the U.S. Um, she, she got some more training in the, in the UK and she just, she made herself an expert in dyslexia. She was a math teacher, uh, by, by, uh, by training and, and by, uh, she was practicing as a math teacher at that point, but she, she made herself a dyslexia specialist, um, before there were many dyslexia specialists. And Mike, uh, she took him out of school. She, she said, I've just got to homeschool him. I've got to teach, nobody can teach him to read, so I've got to do it. She did. She came up with all of these games and wonderful ways of teaching Mike that kept him engaged. And um, he went from being at the bottom of the class and, and, and to going to the very top. And he went all through the rest of his school at the top of his class. And then he went on to law school and graduated at the top of his class in law school. Um, he went to art school first and then to law school. And then after law school, he was helping his mom, a nice boy he is, and then summers it is. Because since then, after, during this time, while he was uh, going through his older school time, Pat kept getting asked um, over and over again, can you help my child? Mm-hmm. Um, can you help my child? I have, I have a child like that. Can you help my child? And so she started bringing pe- people into her house and teaching them at the kitchen table, uh, using her methods and teaching them to read. And again, these methods are methods that are still used today because they're all kind of based on that old... Um, Orton-Gillingham type methodology that evolved, started with that Orton-Gillingham. So that systematic, you know, learning learning phonics, learning the sounds, learning how to blend, all of, you know, really taking language apart, teaching them how it works and putting it back together. So she was teaching him that way. People started coming in and um, she eventually opened her own uh, center. She opened her own center. It's still in existence today. It's called the Bristol Dyslexia Center. Um, she later also opened a school called the Belgrade School for Dyslexia. It's still operating today. Uh, she's still she's on the board of directors of both of both of those um, entities. But so anyway, Mike went and was helping her in the summer. Uh, this was the summer after law school, before he was supposed to go to London to go into Bears. Way they do it over here. It's kind of like um, when a young doctor goes into the hospital and there's an intern. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, so they're a doctor, but they go in and they're being trained by the um, the older doctors or the seasoned doctors, and they have a, a period where they do that. Well, this is what he was on his way to do in London and uh, in the law. And he was answering the phone for her, and he was so emotionally touched by the parents, uh, mostly mothers, uh, calling up and um, just crying absolutely in tears and describing what was happening to their kids and it brought it all back to him and after that summer of reflection he thought i think this is what i'm supposed to do i don't think i'm supposed to be a practicing lawyer i think this is what i'm supposed to do so he went back to university again 
and uh, and then trained as a specialist dyslexia teacher. So he um, so he did that as well. And then he wound up working for his mom at the center as a teacher for uh, quite a long time. Um, Pat, meanwhile, was uh, nominated for and then received an OBE, the Order, Order of the British Empire, from Queen Elizabeth. And she was actually presented um, with that award and medal by the Queen herself. And uh, it's a, a great um, story and a great social pride for our family. Not many people were actually awarded by the Queen herself. Some of them, you know, by other members of the royal family, but she was actually by the Queen herself. So um, Mike went on from there teaching, and he, he began to think, gosh, these things are, the, the way that we're teaching kids to read, it, it's doing great things, but we're only reaching these kids, these kids in Bristol. And, and you know, we have to be honest that it there's a certain a certain type of family that usually can can afford to go to a tutoring center like that. So it's people that have either a, enough money or means to get to, and, and are also in close enough proximity to get to the center. We're helping them, and and you know we want to help them. But it, it was something like I can't remember how many kids they were serving. Something I think like 400. They were serving 400 children uh, because there were lots of other teachers working there, and it became a, a large, quite a large center, of five stories. So they were helping a lot of kids, but but not enough, and not enough kids that maybe um, their families just couldn't afford that that kind of uh, monthly tuition. It was just expensive, right? Because you have to pay the teachers and you have to keep the lights on. So he he took what his mom's methods and and um, what the other teachers had added and he had added as a teacher, and he made them digital. And um, it was actually back in it was back in 1999 he made it digital, and he actually had it on the internet. And schools didn't want to use the internet back then; they wanted it on one of those you know round discs that you stick in the side of your computer. So he took it off the internet and put it on discs, and so. There's still some of those discs around today. We see them on eBay and things like that from all those all those years ago. So some people are still using them. I think I still have a stack that I've had for like 15 years and I've yet to throw away down there. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're around. They're around. I mean, the, the program has evolved and um, changed a lot since then. So we, we really pride ourselves on, on following science. And so as things change, uh, we make changes and, and uh, we improve and, and improve the program. So it's different than it was back then, but the same kind of uh, basis. So that, that's what happened. And from there, uh, we've gone to like 140 countries. Um, that doesn't mean we have hundreds and hundreds. There may be some countries with just 20 people using it, but mostly English-speaking countries use, use NIFI. We're in uh, most of the schools in the UK. And a few years ago, we went over to the, to the U.S. Um, I know Houston is a, a school district where you are, where they uh, they have a, a very large description of Nessie. So there are a lot of uh, Houstonians. 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 A lot of Houstonians using uh, using Nessie. Um, along the way, we realized that you know you get it right. From my friend Neil Mackay always says this: if you get it right for dyslexia, you get it right for all. Yeah. And so schools began to buy Nessie for everyone, um, for all of the kids in the lower in the lower grades. And um, you know, in, in studying the data, when we're watching what's happening in those schools, we know that those schools really get big gains because we can see from our end what's happening in mm -hmm. the in the data. We can see the kind of improvements the kids are making. And so when they put it in for everyone, they all make gains. Even the ones that are in like the Gifted and Talented program make make gains. Everybody does because it's targeted to just them. Yeah. It gives them just what they need. And so I those kids need a bigger challenge. True. And I think it's important to point out too that Nessie's not expensive. It's it's quite reasonably priced for for what it is. I mean you from the outside looking in, if you didn't know the things that we know, right, you, you would look at a program like this and you would go, gosh, that's probably thousands and thousands of dollars, but it's not. Um, and that's part of what- $100 a year, yeah, yeah for, for like a mom to buy, or a parent, a family to buy, it's about $100 a year, I think. I think. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember in my head how the, how the uh, currency conversion works. 
Yeah. And I like the, the typing, I think I pay, um, I think I paid like $50 a year for the typing program. That um, sounds about right. Yeah. I, I'll call you offline because I'm having some technical issues with the typing program. So we've never actually used it. But I keep the subscription because it's so reasonably priced. And at one point I do absolutely intend to use it to help my son learn how to type. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Definitely call us. We'll figure it out. But it, we, and we've got a great, a great team of um, yeah, ladies and gentlemen in the, in the states that are are really. Um, they would be in your own time zone as well, and they're they could certainly get you, get you going right on the on the phone. And just, yes, clarify, and just to clarify, it's me. It's me having an ID ten T error. It's nothing to do with Nessie. <laughs> All this. I know I'm doing something wrong. So <laughs> I just want to call that out for everybody. Nessie's yeah, great. It is. It's me. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Um, but I'm so glad that you, that you shared that story with us. I mean, I just, you know, I've met you and I've met Mike in person and um, just knowing his journey alone is, to, I always find that just so inspirational you know, and then once the Michael film came, came out to, to see, I mean, I, I personally, I cried through that, especially the scene inside of the classroom. Um, how yeah. did, how did, how did the idea for the film come out? We were at um, a gala, um, a formal, a formal gala, and um, Pat was winning the British Dyslexia Association Lifetime Achievement Award. Okay. So we were at this gala for her to be presented with this this award, and we were approached by um, a couple of guys that are dyslexic um, uh, businessmen and and you know in the entertainment industry and things like that. And they they because he's dyslexic himself, he's a he's um he's an author, a best selling author. Uh, he approached us and said, you know, we want to make a film about dyslexia. Um, can we, can we talk to you about it? So Mike and I went and visited him and, and um, his partner in London, and we talked it, talked it through. And, uh, the, yeah, this is – they had a great script writer called Malcolm McDuffie, and they interviewed Pat and, uh, and, and Peter and, of course, Mike. And Mike and I were on set in, this, during the entire filming and would, um, you know, make suggestions about things. And, uh, you know, that Mike, Mike, it was very emotional for him because it brought back quite a lot of um, memories of childhood. Yeah. And the, 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 the young actor was great. He was, he was current. He was at the time he was performing in the, the show called Matilda. Okay. The West End, you know, mm-hmm. in London in the West End, which is like in the Broadway in the United States. Um, he was on So we had to film it. They had to be really careful with the schedule to get him in there, you know, just in between his, uh, his, his time at, at Matilda. But and he, I thought he did a really great job, and he looked a lot like Mike as a boy. He was <laughs> absolutely adorable. I wanted to like ad- pull him out of the screen and like adopt him. He was so cute. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I know I cried through the whole thing. I couldn't. I you know, I'll confess, I couldn't get my my son to watch it because it was too. It's still too raw for me to just at home. I understand. (laughs) I have to say, I've cried. I've seen it, of course, many, many times now. And I I get teary every time. I actually did physically, I mean, I actually cried real tears the first time. And then after that, I I just, I get uh, misty-eyed every every time I see it, even though I've seen it many, many times. And it still affects Mike. Um, And like when we've gone on speaking tours and it's playing in in the audience and um, when we're watching it and then we have to speak right after that, you know, we're both a little bit <laughs> emotional after that because it is, it's still a little raw for Mike. It's still, because, and it, you can see it in the audience that mm. you could, what's one of the most fascinating things to do is to sit up on a stage or something and watch how the audience reacts because you can see those parents in the audience. Um, I mean, it is hitting them hard and they are identifying with this. And you know, you, you see people crying in the audience, and uh, and, and, and older children, you, you'll see it affecting older children as well. You know, if they have some teenagers in there, they're they're get, uh, getting emotional about it as well. So it's a, 
it's a story that really hits home for a, a lot of people. And that's sad that we've gone, you know, now for, from the 70s to, to 2023, and it's still happening. And it's happening around the world. It's happening in the, in the UK. It's happening in, in the United States. It's happening in Canada, Australia, New Zealand. It's still happening. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, and that's one of the most tragic things about it is you think after this long, with as much as we know, with freedom of information across the inter- internet as well, that you would think we would reach a more enlightened place when it comes to this, yet we're not. Um, you know, our children are still vastly misunderstood. And, you know, I, ho- I, I hope that there's n- not a single teacher out there that, you know, like is in the film that is ridiculing a child that's being forced to read out loud in front of a class. But, you know, even for as much remediation as my son has had, you know, he even tells me, he's like, I can, I can hear the nuance and how they speak to me versus how they speak mm-hmm. to my classmates, that judgment against me because I have dyslexia. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I completely get what he's saying, um, and that that's something uh, you, you forget how aware just like the kids are of of their difference. But but they you, you see it in in kindergarten classrooms. They begin they they go into kindergarten and they're happy and they're bouncing in the door and they're so excited, and then you know a month into kindergarten. You start to see long faces, and then towards the end of kindergarten, they realize something is different with them. Something is going on, and they know it. They know that they're not—they're not learning to read the same way that their friends are. And they—they they begin, they begin to feel bad. It just starts being their self-esteem starts to, to really suffer, and it starts really, really early. That's why getting the early intervention or getting the right kind of teaching from the get-go. Because we want those kids to be bouncy and happy and want to go to school. I, 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 as a kid, former kindergarten teacher, you don't see kids not wanting to go to school in kindergarten. I mean, it's, it's pretty rare. There might be a few that have trouble separating from their parents or something. But really, they're excited to be there, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and happy. And then you start to see them, the ones in classes where, where teachers maybe haven't had the benefit of knowing what to look for or how to address it or, or having any knowledge of, of the differences, the, uh, the, the way that dyslexics need to be taught, you start to see those kids uh, dragging in, uh, you know, sad with long faces. And then, and then the school avoidance starts. I don't want to go to school. Yeah. At the stomach ache. Yeah. Yeah. I always, you know, I, I think I wrote about it in a blog piece once, but I, I was like, yeah, culturally speaking school is this it's this thing it's 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 the olympics that every kid gets to go to and participate in it's this pantheon of you know being a gateway to all the things you know all the big dreams ask any five-year-old what do you want to be when i grow when you grow up i want to be an astronaut i want to be a president i want to be a princess i want to be yeah (laughs) education is the road to that and yeah it's 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 emotional for me because i i you know i can still see my fi- my five-year-old's transition from bright and eager and enthusiastic to you know that seven-year-old boy that ended up slamming into the slamming into the dyslexia wall so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard yeah i love um you know Facebook about that, you know, if only, if only, what is the book called? If only I'd known. Yeah. If only I had known. Yeah. Yeah. If only, you know, there's so many, there's so many parents that feel that way. And there's a lot of teachers that feel that way too. Mm -hmm. If only, if only I had known, uh, I would have, I would have done better. Not that you didn't do better, but I mean, the teacher would have done better if she, if he or she knew how to do better. Definitely. And I have some of your books. See, I have some of your books. I should have already had them down. First, dyslexia explained. Yeah. <laughs> so Mike wrote this one, 
and we're going to get to yours in a second, but when did Dyslexia Explain come out? And I recommend this book to everybody. And I've, I can't remember who gave it to me. I've had it. It was a gift. I should remember who gave it to me, but it was a gift to me very early in our dyslexia journey. Um, and I found this completely invaluable. So why it's a stupid question, but I'm going to ask the question. Why did he write the book? What was, you know, what, with everything that Mike has done and contributed to the community, what, what was he trying to achieve with the book? Well, this is what he said. And I, so it was about, um, I'm trying to remember, maybe 2015. I'm, 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 I'm guessing there, we'd have to look it up. But um, it might've been the first edition, 2014, 15, something like that. But there, there are lots of dyslexia books out there. Lots of really good dyslexia books out there. But awesome. many of them are, are quite verbose. Many of them are written for people with an interest in, in uh, research and academics. Mm -hmm. um, many or written for teachers with, with a deep knowledge of um, language, literacy, linguistics, things like So there are a lot of great books out there, but there weren't any books that were really simple that really just got down to the nitty gritty and explained in really easy language what dyslexia is and what you can do to help. And he wanted one that not only adults could read, but you could share it with children. Mm -hmm. So and hence the, the illustrations and, and so forth. So that's, that's why he wrote it. He really wanted to just explain dyslexia in simple terms without a lot of, um, um, you know, language that, that some won't want to hear. You're just reading nuts and bolts. And then a way that you can also explain that to children. So that's why it's written so simply. Right. Well, and uh, I think it's important to call out that you can, like you just said, that, you know, this is something that you can definitely share with children. Because I see that being like one of the most commonly asked questions out there is, how do I yeah. talk to my young child about their dyslexia? Right. And I mean, that's, that's I, I think his was probably the first book out there that I know of, or one of the first that really was a book written specifically like that. So you could explain dyslexia uh, to your, to your, to your children, to your child, explain, explain to them what it, what it is. Yeah. Uh, there's such a sense of relief often in, in maybe not in young children, but in older children that get diagnosed and, mm -hmm. and they, they realize, oh, it's not because I'm stupid. It's not because I'm not trying. It's not any, you know, it, there is something going on and yeah. it's, it, you know, we need to call, we need to call it what it is. Definitely. And then you just a couple of years ago came out with what I need. <laughs> what I need. And this was also, this was written from, uh, this is written specifically for children to help them develop the courage and the words they need to self-advocate. So to, to tell their teachers what they need. This is what I need in the classroom to be, in your, to be successful in your class. These are the things that I need for you because many teachers don't know. And, you know, I think we've discussed this before is that teachers go into teaching because usually because they love children and they want to help them, but teachers just don't know what to do. Not, yeah. not in general, but there are many teachers that haven't had the benefit of um, the type, the type of even basic training they need to help help our kids in the classroom, and so this is a way to, to encourage young kids to, to advocate for themselves and say, "This is what I need." Yeah. So, um, and there's a new book I'm writing, and and it's um, it's what teachers need. So it's a, it's a follow up to that book, but it's from from a perspective of a of, of a teacher. This is what uh, this is what they need for to help get what they need into into their their classrooms and at the end of it i'm going to profile some of our because we do a contest every year called teacher of the year mm -hmm. where we get um these great submissions from all over the world I and mean, they come from everywhere and some of these people these men and women are just absolutely brilliant and these are teachers that they realize oh gosh i don't you know i didn't learn this at university i don't know what to do and they have gone out of their way to learn and seek information and follow Facebook pages and read and go to movies and um, take classes. And then they take all that and they take it into their, 
us with the students. And, and just the difference in the students' lives that they're making is going to be generational. I mean, they're, they're really keeping these kids, they're preserving their self-esteem, they're doing all these great things. So we give out and we get all these great um, uh, submissions, and then it goes to, um, Mike and I don't get, have anything to do with who gets picked. It goes to a, a board of, of people, professionals around the world, and they read all of them, and then they choose um, the, the teacher of the year. So at the end of this, uh, what teachers need, I'm going to put some of those from the last few years, profile some of those, speak with their permission at the, at the end, and really, because um, I think other teachers will find it inspirational to, to see kind of what these people have done. So, mm -hmm. and, and there's another book, too, that Mike has just written, and his is almost completed. It's, it's um, right at the end, because I was helping him give him feedback yesterday. And it, it's, I, I was, I hadn't seen it. I, I mean, he's working on it, and sometimes we work together in the same room, so I know kind of he's working on it, but I hadn't seen it, and it's so good. It's so darn good. It is a step-by-step -step way it's like a, it, it's going to be like a reference book for teachers, written in the same style and illustrated by Leah. But it's how to teach reading. I mean, mm -hmm. like step by step. Like oh, wow. how, and it sounded like a, you know a topic because when you told me about it, I said, "Oh, Mike, lots of people have done it." It hasn't been. I haven't. Ne I've never seen anyone do it the way he's done it. It's really good, and it just they can turn to a page and you know look up the rule for T I O N S I O N and the exceptions and. You know, how, how do I do it? And oh, wow. so it, there's so many teachers that don't have that knowledge. I mean, they just weren't ever taught. Um, they were taught in the whole language way. Or, yeah. you know, um, you know, Lucy Culkin reading. Um, yeah, oh, they, that's the way they were taught. So they think that like kids just by osmosis, you know, you get you put some books in their hands and Whoa, voila, they're going to learn how to read. And we know that that's not how it works. Right. We, we know that's not how it works. But. Because of that, millions and millions of teachers that have never been taught. Right. This is how the English language works. Uh, this is, you know, let's break it down first into letter sounds and blending and basic phonic rules and some, you know, basic morphology. And this, this is how you do it step by step. And that's what he has. A really simple little book that a teacher can keep on their desk and pull it out and say, oh, well, this is how the magic E works, rule works. And, you know, this is how you teach it and this is how you apply it. And yeah, it's really good. When I'm probably not doing it justice. I'm making it sound quite boring, but it's not boring at all. It's really good. <laughs> I don't think it sounds boring at all. Um, when's the target publication? It is so close. I think probably, um, probably summer. It'll definitely come out by the uh, the fall when when school is beginning because I mean they're they're really close. Where he's working back and forth with Leah, the illustrator, and they're just t doing some fine tuning. Nice, so very it, nice. His, his will be out uh, very soon. And I'm gonna do. I can't help it, but that's my little boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Help it. It, it was it was such an exciting thing when he got chosen to be in, in your book and such a sweet um, post that you did. The little video compilation that you did on Twitter was just so cute. Um, but I wanted and kids read that book and are, are you know I really think it encourages them to see some of these other kids that experience the same kind of things that they do or they have have done and. Um, you know, and are, are pursuing their passions because that's important. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I want to, I, I want to be cognizant of your time, but there's two more really big Nessie things that I want to hit on. And the first is, okay. and I'm not, not going to title it right. Um, but I remember Lola sharing it on Facebook, um, of, of a different version of Nessie. Is it in a different language or how the, um, the one for Africa. Okay, so we have a, a it's, we have a, a couple of international things going on, um, and the one with Lola is our. So we we have a training course, which is kind of a, um, a really basic dyslexia awareness, science of reading awareness one hundred and one. I mean, okay. it is it it is not for specialist teachers. It's not for professors. It's for moms and dads. Uh, and classroom teachers or just the members of the public that just want to learn the basics of what dyslexia is. 
and um, we have we have that course uh, that's available on our on our website. It's it's available in the uh, American English language. Um, it's about because you know the phonics rules are some, sometimes a little different in spelling rules. It's mm-hmm. available in the British in, uh, English language and narrated, you know. And then and now we have one specifically for Africa, and um, we had Lola and uh, helped um, uh, work through that with us. And Lola actually has written, so it's in, it's on the project list. She has written a um, a more advanced version of that, which is excellent. And it's going to um, offer a qualification for teachers to actually get a dyslexia qualification. So that's like the second level. But the one that's out now is is kind of the the one on one, just dyslexia aware. Now, because we're so passionate that we want teachers across the world to have this basic knowledge, in October every month, I give it away for free to any teacher anywhere in the world that wants to take the course because it. It is so important to us to get this information out there, and we will again do that this year. And they can choose um, which version they want: choose the African version, the British version, or the um, American North American <clears throat> language version, and take the course. So, yeah, that's that that's what's going on with Lola. We also have um, Nessie available in Japan as well. Now, it's not in the Japanese language; it's in the um, English language, and it's for Japanese students that want to learn um, English because, you know, teach phonics and spelling. Um, that's what they need to do to learn English. And um, the Michael movie has shown in Japan with the subtitles underneath. And we have a little bit of a Japanese um, instance of our website, too, with some of the pages. Because they don't really have a lot of resources in Japan. And we worked with... Um, a, a translator and a um, probably one of the most eminent uh, people in, in Japan uh, for dyslexia advocacy, who's also a mother, and um, she, she uh, she's working with us in Japan, getting this getting us out. They're trying. They're trying. She wanted basic dyslexia information to the, for her for the Japanese market. So we got that there. Very nice. And of course, we can't not talk about the Nessie Trust. The Dyslexia Trust. Yes. Yeah. So that is Pat's. Um, that is Pat's charity, uh, which Mike and I sit on the board of that charity, and she started it uh, years ago. It's something we're very uh, passionate about, and um, someday when Mike and I retire, we'll probably do be doing that full time instead of uh, doing what we're doing full time. But yes, it is. It, it, the, the trust is set up with a really specific goal. And it's either to train teachers to teach in a dyslexia-friendly way or uh, to provide scholarships to those kids whose parents can't afford to get them the dyslexia one-on-one tutoring. Uh, we, we feel passionate about all of those things. And I just wanted to mention one thing. I mentioned earlier my friend Neil Mackay, who's a renowned um, expert in, in Britain, and he's kind of known in Australia. I don't know if you know him. If you don't, you should meet him. He's a great guy. Um, and he is partnering with us to do uh, dyslexia-friendly uh, school accreditation. So we are working towards uh, that goal as well. So um, there, you know, there, there. It's going to be a way for schools to submit. And we, we do like a little dyslexia badge now, aware badge right now, but it, it's, it's much more um, involved than that. And so schools will actually be qualified as dyslexia aware or dyslexia friendly um, by um, submitting test scores, um, you know, having to put things in place and follow basic procedures like not making dyslexic kids um, copy off the board, um, having the things that dyslexic kids need. Uh, the teachers having some basic training, those kinds of things, and then they can get accredited mm-hmm. as having that. So we're working with Neil on on that accreditation uh, program right now too. So that's a new thing. And I, on a side note, I want to tell you. Um, unfortunately, since 2020, my my sense of time is completely blown, and so I can't tell you at what point over the last three years has happened. But I remember, I remember getting onto an event and you and Mike were talking and Mike specifically talked about working memory, 
focusing on the piece of paper, looking up at the board, writing from the board. And I just remember sitting there having the biggest aha moment because of course I knew about working memory, but just the way that he was describing it was so, I was like, okay, so here's my suggestion. Y'all need to film that <laughs> and just put it out <laughs> because his- Okay, I don't remember when it is, but I'll, I'll try to hunt it down. But yeah. yeah, I wish I could remember the exact event it was, but he was just, he was talking about- Was it about, a live event? Were you at a live event or was it, it you it were was, there at the live event? It was a live event. It was on the internet, but he was just talking about, you know, okay. his memories are, you know, his focus is on the piece of paper and how his focus has to leave to look up at the board and take yeah. in what's in the board and then shifting the focus to look back down on the paper. Yeah trying to take in what the teacher is talking about and how these are three very, uh, and, and the act of writing, so maybe four, four very different conscious acts and juggling that from a working memory perspective. Um, it, it was just, it, it was an absolutely brilliant explanation of working memory. And that's something that I think would be powerful if it could be, Put, put out there in a way that just could be shared. And, you know, when you're having a conversation in an IEP meeting or a 504 meeting and people are like, well, I don't really understand working memory. Well, here's a little short little video that perfectly explains it. Um, but I've been, I've been wanting, I've been wanting to tell you since, since I wish I could remember exactly what it was, but um, I remember the background behind y'all was red and it was both of you. And um uh, you were, I mean, you were both sitting next to each other. So it, and it's been some time in the okay. last years. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I'll, have to, I'll have to hunt that down. Have you seen the animated one that we have for working memory? We uh -uh. have an animated video. I haven't. Okay. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll see if I can get the, it. It's included in that dyslexia awareness course, but I don't think it's on, on YouTube or anything like that, that I can remember but I'll hunt it down and send and send it to you because I mean, it's the same sort of information, but it's just in that sort of messy animated um, yeah. way that we do things. So I'll send that to you after this. That'd be awesome. Thank you. Um, but I just, I've been, I've been, I've just been wanting to tell you since I saw that speech. And of course, you know, being a mom, as soon as, as soon as this ends, somebody's going to walk in here and I'm going to be off doing like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going to completely forget. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's just the way it goes. I start my day with the best of intentions. And if I get even one of those things done, you know. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. If you get one done, that's pretty good. Pretty much. Um, but is there, so you've got Chris, the the work with Chris coming out and that's, that's the fall, right? Yes. We're, we're shooting for an October 1st um, release date. We okay. have that coming and we have the Neil, the Neil Mackay, um, uh, dyslexia uh, accreditation uh, program, hopefully around that time as well. So those both of those things are new, and we also have other other things uh, new as well. You know, we've got things that are maybe not as exciting to talk about, but the, the tools for teachers. We're going to have a, fo a phone app so that they can check their kids' progress and scores, and you know, make changes to curriculum and things like that right from their phone. Um, you know, so th those kinds of things are coming out too. Wow. Y'all are very busy. How do you get everything done? <laughs> <laughs> we have a great team. We have, we have a wonderful team. Mike and I have now moved um, to, to a position of directorship. So we're, we're on the board. Uh, we're still, we're still working in the company, but we have a CEO uh, because, you know, we needed somebody to, to help us out. So we have a, a great CEO and we have a great team, great team of uh, people. And a, a lot of our we have lots of educators on our team, um, like our CEO, Sean, is an educator. And then we have a lot of dyslexic people on our team or people that have dyslexic children or grandchildren. So they really have a heart for what we do. Well, thank you for quite literally y'all's commitment to the community and everything that, that y'all do. Um, I know so... Um, so many of my friends have used Nessie with their children, even, even supplementing, you know, yeah, you can supplement, yeah. the instruction that their children may or may not be getting in their local school district 
in, in public education here in the States and, um, but, and, and the books, but y'all, I mean, you both have a dedication and a commitment to putting out a very positive message as well, and just trying to create resources uh, from as much of a positive light as, as you can. So thank you for that. You're welcome. It's just definitely something that we feel very strongly about and we're very passionate about. We've been putting, I know we need to go, but lots of free resources on our website because we want people to have access to them. So there are lots of things there now. There's lots of printables and games and, and free things on the, on that teachers can use. That, that, you know, teachers that say, well, we just don't have anything to help our dyslexic kids. Well, they're free. We put them up there, so use them. We've yeah. got them there. So. Yeah, we, and we really are committed. And I th and that's important to call out, you know, how much you do put out for free, but how, again, how cost-effective, you know, it, take, it takes money to access some of the things which is in our community, but being able to keep Nessie as, as low cost as, as y'all do, I think is, is huge as well. But um, being cognizant of, of the time and everything that y'all have going on and it's nighttime for you. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. And I'm so happy that you were able to come on and chat with me for a little while and that I get to see you again. It's been way too long since I got to see you. So. <laughs> It has been. It has been. Well, thank you very much for having me. Enjoyed it very much. And I'm going to send, I'm going to track down that working memory video, send it to you. You can share it. If I send it to you, you can share it on social if you want to. Um, even though it's in, embedded in a program, you can have it and, and just share it and use it however you wish. If you think it would be helpful in an IEP meeting. I def definitely would. Um, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, to me, just information like that is, is, you know, those, those bit and I'll link to it on my website with your permission but I mean just those things yeah. that parents can access and have at their fingertips to be able to address questions that helps to go so much further I think to empower the parent when they're yeah. they're in these situations in order to better advocate for their children so that that would be awesome yeah it's, it's very we've consciously made the website very parent friendly with lots of things just for that so yes yeah, definitely you're free to link link to it and parents for parents can have access definitely thank you well everybody thank you for joining us today and have a wonderful morning afternoon evening wherever you are bye